Thank you for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca. Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6. Thank you for your support. Friends, let us call one another to worship. On that first day, when time began, you gave birth to creation. Light danced through the darkness. The waters of hope flowed free and clear. On that first day at the Jordan, when redemption began, you spoke of life for all your children. As your child stepped into the waters of forgiveness, dancing in hope with his cousin John. On this first day of the week, when we begin anew, you call us to faithfulness as we open our hearts to you, your voice claiming us as your own. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, who is in the beginning and is with us now, we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you that out of chaos you created the world, and out of the waters you claim your children as your own. We thank you for the call upon our hearts to live into your name of beloved. We ask now that this time of worship nourish and renew us. May it remind us to open our hearts and to trust in your faithfulness, to be your hands and feet in our community and the world. May we hear your voice calling us beloved, and may we believe it in our minds and in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Today's Minute for Mission. Residential School Survivor Answers the Call to Ministry. It took eight years to get where God had been calling me, says Deb Anderson Pratt. Growing up, Deb would never have imagined that she would have become a minister. A Cree Soto residential school survivor, Deb disliked the church for many years. I grew up living on the George Gordon First Nation Reserve. Religious leaders visit us all the time, trying to convert us. One of them told my great-grandmother, Mary Jane Anderson, that we were all going to hell because of the native teachings she was giving us. Deb has vivid memories of the day a group of ministers were at her great-grandmother's home for a meal. An argument broke out about whose theology she should pass along to Deb and the other children. We used to have a tent down the hill from our house. My grandmother told them to go to the tent and discuss whose teaching was right, and if they could agree, she would teach her children to them. Needless to say, no one came back. Deb's great-grandmother struggled to maintain her belief in both the traditional Indigenous teachings and the biblical ones, turmoil that was instilled in her in residential school. She was taken to residential school when she was just four and was forbidden to mention, must lest live out traditional teachings. She th shared them with me kind of in secret, 
She had to be subtle about it because if she got caught, she could go to jail, says Deb. How did Deb become a minister? In the late 1980s, she took a job as a secretary in a Lutheran church, and the minister encouraged her to answer God's call. She began studying, but at that point wasn't ready to become a minister. Still, she continued to be involved in the United Church's All Native Circle Conference and eventually, in 2012, began to feel the Spirit pull her towards ministry again. The exact time she responded to God's call is etched in Deb's heart. It was September 14, 2012. Deb had quit her job to look after her ill sister, whose bed she was changing. I sat down and I said, Sister, I have this strong call. God is calling me to train again. My sister had tears in her eyes and said, I think you need to answer that call. Deb contacted the Sandy Soto Spiritual Center to re-enroll. The following October, Deb's sister died. I found I wasn't angry at God for taking her. I knew God had used her for a channel to get to me where I needed to be, she says. In fall 2020, Deb was one of the six Indigenous ministers ordained or commissioned in the United Church. I cried when I was ordained. It took eight years to get to where God had been calling me. Since 2016, Deb has worked for the Regina Native Outreach Ministry. Today, she's working hard to help purchase a building. Our people will not go to a mainstream church. We have very many lost people in the community especially in the core area, and we want a place where they can come and feel safe. That's our dream. Your mission and service gifts help train ministry leaders whose work transforms their community. Your generosity through mission and service supports the Sandy Soto Center in Manitoba, where both Indigenous and Christian spiritual beliefs are respected, shared, and understood where Indigenous leaders like Deb answer God's call to a ministry of healing and hope. Thank you. Today's scripture is from Mark chapter 1, verses 4 to 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit the baptism of Jesus. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Amen. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be blessed by God. Our visit started off as it often did, with me sitting in Barbara's hospital room, 
asking her how she had been since our last visit. Barbara was such a positive and happy woman and always welcomed me into her room with a smile. But on this particular day, she was absolutely glowing. I knew then that it was going to be an extra special visit. It was many years ago when I was serving at my first pastoral charge and through the local ministerial, I would take a turn each month visiting the long-term care residents at the hospital. Barbara was in her late 60s and because of chronic health issues, she could only go home on the occasional weekend. Whenever we visited, she would gratefully share with me stories about her life, about her family, and how about in her 40s, she began a lifelong process of learning and claiming her Ojibwe identity and spirituality. By the time I knew her, she was an elder in her community and she enjoyed teaching others and leading important ceremonies. On that particular visit, Barbara was excited to tell me about how she had been able to go back home for the weekend and spend time with her family. Now this in itself was exciting, but what made that trip extra special was that while Barbara was home, she led the naming ceremony for one of her grandchildren. Barbara was entrusted with giving people their spiritual names and colors. We talked about this and she shared about how she prayfully how prayerfully the names and colors would be revealed to her and she would tell them to the child, family, and the community. The names included a color and often an animal whose qualities she encountered in the young child. She explained to me that these names helped to strengthen one's connection to the spirit world, drew out their deepest inner qualities, and led them throughout their life. Barbara shared with me her name, White Dragonfly. White, she explained, was associated with purity and newness and dragonfly with ancient wisdom and the ancestors. The names we carry, she reminded me, can have an important impact in our lives, connecting us to deeper holy truths. Today, we celebrate Baptism of Jesus Sunday as we hear the Gospel of Mark's version of this important story. The Gospel begins with John the Baptist baptizing people in the Jordan River, preaching repentance and renewed life, and proclaiming the coming Messiah. And that's when Jesus appears. And as John is baptizing him, Jesus sees the skies open and a spirit and the spirit like a dove descending on him. Then Jesus is given a name. A holy identity is proclaimed. In Mark, this is a private sharing. Only Jesus hears these words. You are my child, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospel according to Mark does not have any birth narratives, 
There are no Christmas stories in this gospel, no angels or shepherds or magi. Instead, the message of Jesus's identity is found in this moment in the River Jordan. When dripping with water, Jesus sees the skies open, the spirit descending like a dove, and hears the word spoken. This moment in the Jordan River proclaims Jesus, who Jesus is, and leads him in his ministry. Out of this naming in the river flows everything that Jesus says and does. It is a message that we can trust the path Jesus reveals as holy and life-giving because it comes from God. Jesus incarnates God's way on earth. What happens next, I find truly spectacular. Jesus' baptism begins his ministry. Jesus takes this identity, child and beloved of God, and he extends it to all people. He travels through from place to place, reminding people that they too have within their deepest self this holy identity. To those who have been shamed, excluded, labeled as sinners or unclean, to those who are impoverished and those suffering from disease, to the rejected and the powerless, to those who struggle and are told that they are not blessed, Jesus declares, you are a child of God, beloved, and God finds great pleasure in you. And to those who hold power over others, those who carelessly hurt others, those who plot against others, those who distance themselves in the name of holiness, those who abuse others for self-gain, to all who could live a more just and holy life, Jesus reveals to them, a better way. It is as if he says to them, you are a child of God. You are God's beloved. Now act like it. You, me, everyone, we are the children and the beloved of God. We are of beauty, worth, and holy depth. Throughout my ministry, I've learned that this is one of the most powerful messages that Jesus shared. It is one of the most important pieces of good news that our faith proclaims. It is a message all of us need to hear over and over again to be reminded of more often. It is a message that others desperately need to hear from us, to hear us proclaiming in our words and in our action. We need to be reminded again and again that even when others shame, exclude, or hate us, we carry this holy name. We need to be reminded that nothing we can say or do or neglect to do can remove this holy identity. Child and beloved of God is the name that is written in the very depth and core of our identity. We are all God's children. We are all God's beloved who bring God great joy and pleasure. 
We are all God's children in all of our diversity, our diversity of sexualities, genders, and gender identities, cultures and language, abilities, hopes and dreams, ages, intellectual diversities, our past filled with triumphs and tragedies, our strengths and our scars. We need the Spirit to descend on us over and over again, the holy words to ring in our ears because too often something will happen. Some tragedy, some careless words by another, some act of intentional hatred, some mistake on our own part, some failed dream, something will happen and we'll forget who we are. Or worse yet, someone will tell us or we will tell ourselves that it all sounds so great, but there is just no way that we can be God's children and God's beloved, that we don't bring pleasure to God, to the source of all creation. So we need to echo these words out into this world for others to hear that they too are children and beloved of God, because so many of us are aching to know that we are loved and that we are of worth, truly loved at the very core of our being. The holy truth that Jesus carries out of the Jordan River and pours out into this world is this. You, right there, listening to these words, you are a child of God. You are God's beloved. You bring great joy and beauty and blessing to this world. You are an important part of the body of creation and the body of Christ. And so am I. When we can claim this identity, that's when amazing things happen. That's when our discipleship is lived out in full. That's when we can stand tall and see that we are made in the divine image. That's when we can look at others and see God's blessing embodied in them. That's when we can see the beauty, possibility, and promise of God's creation, which God calls out again and again, it is good. We can smile and see the divine beauty all around us, and we can live in ways that pour out blessing into this world. We can look at the pain and brokenness of life and not be overcome by it, but lift up the banner of hope and join with others in working towards love and justice, the hallmarks of the path that Jesus taught. I always enjoyed my visits with Barbara, with White Dragonfly. Time and time again, she reminded me of the importance of our identity not just the names that we are given, but the identity that lies at the core of our full self. She lived a life of exploring who she was as an Ojibwe woman, as a wife, mother, grandmother, elder, neighbor. She taught others how to explore their identity. And in our time that we shared together, she blessed me as I learned more about her and explored my own life and faith. Friends, let us walk this path with Christ as we remember and as we share with others 
the sacred identity that we all carry. We are all God's children. We are all beloved of God, and we make the source of all creation very happy. Let us live this good news and share it with others. Amen. Thanks be to God. Friends, let us join together in a word of prayer. Our prayer for this morning includes a response, which I invite you to say in your homes. When you hear the words, Lord, in your mercy, you can respond with the words, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray. God of light and darkness, through water and word, you shine your light into the darkness of our lives. We give thanks for this incredible gift. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of love and hate, your love comes in spite of our animosity. You bring reconciliation to those who are divided. We pray for better relations between Canada and our Aboriginal people. We pray for better understanding of racial inequality. Strengthen us to be peacemakers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of hope and fear, you walk with us through the challenges which surround us. Wash away our anxiety by your promised presence and set us free from despair. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of church and world, in baptism you unify yourself with our world and bring your reign into being. Keep us from seeing your love as a hiding place. Motivate us to infuse the world with your justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of health and illness, there is nothing that separates us from your love. Inspire us to bring your health to the sick, your encouragement to the discouraged, your promise to the dying. Be with those who are sick with COVID-19, with those who have lost loved ones to this illness, and be with those who are administering the vaccine. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of wonder and imagination, you have created a world to be discovered, explored, and questioned. Be with all who help our children to grow each day, be with their teachers and educators, be with their parents, grandparents, and guardians. Support us as community to be examples of curiosity and joy for the next generation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of life and death, all that exists is from you and for you. Enable us to trust your baptismal promise and serve this hurting world. Strengthen us to be your hands and feet in our community so that all may experience your amazing love, mercy, and grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of all our moments, we bring before you all who weigh heavy on our minds this day in the silence of our hearts.
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, who shines in the darkness, receive these prayers and the prayers of our hearts. In the name of the one who is your light, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray using the words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, as we go from our worship this day, may each one of us hold that identity of child of God, beloved in our hearts, and may it motivate all that we say and all that we do. And as we go on our way, may we see the face of Christ in every person that we meet, and may every person that we meet see the face of Christ in each one of us. Let us go in love, in peace, and in joy. Thank you for joining us for Sunday Worship. As a church family, we share our time, our talents, and our wealth. Normally, we would be passing the collection plates, and we would be together in our church. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your support. Checks can be mailed to Harrison United Church at P.O. Box 298, Harrison, Ontario, N0G1Z0. There is also a donate button on our website, www.harristonunited.com for those who would like to donate online. Thank you so much for your continued support. Mm -hmm.